At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is primetime action Friday night from the South Point. So glad you could join us tonight for a whole bunch of football game by game in the NFL. Injury reports on every team, thoughts on every game. For week four, at least the Sunday games of week four, look back at yesterday's, uh, yesterday's game as well between the Bengals and the Jaguars. Much to discuss. We'll talk to Chris Valik about college football, a great college football weekend that actually begins in earnest tonight with Maryland and Iowa. But first, the final weekend of the baseball regular season, sir. 7.05 Eastern, 4.05 Pacific. We have the Rays and the Yankees. McClanahan versus Cortez. Minus 130 on Cortez and the Yankees. McClanahan and the Rays a plus 110 underdog there. Red Sox and Nats, Rodriguez versus Rodgers. Rodriguez and the Red Sox minus 210 favorites, plus 175 on the Nats if you want the underdog there. We have the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Steven Matz on the hill for the Blue Jays as a minus 380 favorite. (laughs) Steven Matz as a minus 380 favorite, plus 290 on the Orioles, I think everyone knows that one one this game means something for one of the teams and not so much for the other team. But the but the notion that that matters to people betting <laughs> at this point, watch out for that Mountcastle kid. He could torpedo this you. This is this is true. This is true. Plus two ninety if you would like Mountcastles, the the, the fighting Mountcastles in this one. Uh, the Phillies and the Marlins plus one uh, minus one ten on both sides here. Coin flip. Ranger Suarez, Sandy Alcantara for. The Marlins, we got the Mets and the Braves, 720 Eastern, 420 Pacific. McGill for the Mets, Anoa for the Braves, minus 120. Favorite for the Braves, even money for the Mets in that one. 805-505, we have the Indians and the Rangers. Morgan and Howard on the hill. Eli Morgan, a minus 125 favorite. Spencer Howard, a plus 105 underdog with the Rangers. Twins and the Royals, John Gant for the Twins. John Heasley. For the Royals, about a coin flip, a little. If you shop around, you can find one team or the other as the favorite. A little bit of shaded, a little bit of shade towards the uh, Twins there in that one. Eight ten Eastern, five ten Pacific. A's in the Astros. Sean Manaya, Framber Valdez, minus one forty on Valdez and the Astros as favorites, plus one twenty on the A's as underdogs. Eight ten Eastern, five ten Pacific. Tigers and White Sox. Willie Peralta, Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn a minus two eighty favorite. For the White Sox, plus 225 on the Tigers as underdogs. 815 Eastern, 515 Pacific. We have the Cubs and the Cardinals. Corey Abbott, Dakota Hudson. Hudson is a minus 210 favorite for the Cardinals, plus 175 on Abbott and the Cubs. We do have four late first pitches we will talk about a little bit later. And... Boys, my uh, actually, I, I was uh, I was not correct. The uh, the Astros when they clinched last night, money right in the account. Oh, really? Money right in the account. Just didn't have, didn't have to wait till the season was over or anything. Really? Yeah, money right in the account. Good oh. for you. Huh. Yeah. Huh. 
Oh, okay. the account. I failed to mention that it's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Billet. I don't think I said that today. So I acted like everybody knew who we were. So here's the, everyone watches us every day. So, so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> here's the story uh, in baseball tonight. Uh, Matt Brown is very concerned about this. The Arizona Diamondbacks magic number is two. Any combination of Diamondbacks losses and Orioles wins, and the Diamondbacks have the worst record in all of baseball. I mean, that is secured. And we could have had a prop on this. We could have had a prop. That what really is going on though is the Giants and the Dodgers in the NL West. Giants clinging to the two-game lead. Another dramatic Lamont Wade Jr. ninth inning hit for the Giants yesterday. How could you possibly know this kid was going to be this good? Farhan's 80. Giants 105 wins. The Dodgers 103. Two games up. Three games left. Any combination. Giants magic number two. Any combination of of uh, Giants wins and Los Angeles Dodgers losses that add up to two and the Giants are the NL West champs. The Dodgers will play a one-game wild card hosting the Cardinals. The real sort of Michugas is in the AL wild card race. There are still scenarios where there could be three-way and four-way ties. The four-way is very sort of uh, remote, but the tiebreakers on this stuff are fascinating. Maybe a little later on the show, if you're bored, I'll go through some of the ridiculous things. It, it involves teams choosing who they get to play. That's what the tiebreakers are what? this year. Yes. How does that work? So, well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. First of all, Yankees are the <laughs> number. Say something like that. <laughs> the Yankees are the number one wild card position right now. Any combination two Yankees magic numbers two. Any combination of Yankees win and either Red Sox or Mariners losses, the Yankees clinch a playoff berth. The Red Sox currently and the Mariners two behind the Yankees. Both of those two clubs, the Red Sox and Mariners, in the number two wild card position with the Jays one game behind them. So the Jays in that minus three eighty or whatever number that was against the Orioles. This is a must-win situation, big time for the Blue Jays tonight. But the Mariners, a team with a minus 48 run differential, 212, uh, I believe, runs ahead of the Blue Jays in run differential. Uh, Don't hold me to that, but I'll check on that number. That's the absolute most unbelievable thing. And look at the Mariners. To make the playoffs, the yes is plus 150. And they have three home games against the Angels. You don't want to bet that? Plus 150 on the Mariners? Should be fascinating. Anyway, what I was talking about, Kelly, is if there was a four-way tie, just hypothetically, which there still could be, but I think it involves the Yankees getting swept by the Rays. If that happens, then they go to this, like, win percentage thing amongst each other, and there's going to be an A team, or there's going to be a team A, team B, team, team C, and team D. Team C gets to choose which team they want to play above them, team A or team B, who they want to travel to play. Team D would end up playing the other team. Winners would then be the two wild cards. That's the clear scenario. If it's a three-way tie for like the, for both wild cards or a three-way tie for the second wild card, then it's this thing where the top team of those three, and that will be based on collective head-to-heads, that team gets to choose if they want to play in, in different scenarios, but one of them is, do we play uh, two games at home or one on the road? I saw this one. Yeah, I saw this it's, one. Right it's now. fascinating. I'm, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for the chaos and, like, of this. This is one of those, like, you got to think these are these are something that, you know, a group of people in a room came up with yeah. however long ago and just kind of laughed at the idea of it ever happening. And, it, and it's made, the three-way tie is not, like, remote at all. That could happen. The Yankees part of it, we'll see. Anyway, that's the baseball scenarios. Maybe we'll repeat them later, and I'll be more accurate. Uh, specifically to the exact scenarios. 
Obviously, uh, there was a football game last night, and it all ended up working out for all of us here, just like it did last week. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Panthers last week, half. They were dilly-dallying against the Texans. Then we got out of here. We were all in a bad mood, and then it all went great for us. Same thing last night. Bengals down 14 to nothing. Uh, We leave here. And everything goes our way. Bengals win it 24-21. Everything goes our way again. And, and, you know, we keep saying this over and over again, and I'm not going to crown these guys Hall of Famers already just in their second season, but but Burrow and Herbert, and you can just see how badly these other quarterbacks, and, and I, I should say Trevor Lawrence played his by far his best game as a pro last night, but how, how bad these rookie quarterbacks are struggling. I mean, Burrow and, and Herbert look like, I mean, they're top ten quarterbacks in yes. the NFL right now. Yeah. Like in, as, as second year guys. Didn't the whole time with our bets yesterday, didn't you say to yourself, "In Burrow, we trust." Yes. Like I, I, mean, I totally it, felt comfortable with it. Him. It's just so he comes out in the second half. They score on all four possessions that they have the ball in the second half. He goes seventeen of twenty in the second half, and and just leads them back to to a win here. And I mean, it is it, it really is it, it's absolutely insane how good these guys are playing and how good they have played at such a young age with such little experience, but. You also look here, and one of the things we were talking about, how there has been a a seismic shift in this the in this Bengals team. Now, listen, yeah, they gave up 14 in the first half, and it could have been 21, or I guess you say I should say it could have been 17 if if they'd have opted for the field goal there at the end of the first half. But that defense really stepped up in the second half, started playing like a real defense that we saw the first three weeks. The offensive line, yet again, while there was a couple of times in the first half where Burrow was kind of on the run. After that, in the second half, they figured something out. He had he had average of two point seven three seconds to throw the ball last night, which was which is a quarter second more than he had than he averaged last year behind this offensive line. And so it's just you know they have figured something out there. Now the coaching, we were still there were several different decisions made specifically on play calling and things like that in the first half, where it leaves you at least a little bit to be desired. That was the thing for this team, like yeah. moving forward. That said. It has changed even our perception here on the set because preseason coming in, we were going, this is definitely going to be a team that we're going to take the plus points on because they're going to be live coming from behind. They're going to be favored in games yeah. moving forward. Like yeah, we're They're not, not going to be big dogs in games moving forward. Like I was so looking forward to the Bengals like being able to get these plus sevens and plus sixes and things. Like They're going to cover that. They are going to come in the back door every time with how good this offense is going to be. We're not going to get that opportunity, guys. Like yeah. We're not going to get it. You said it, though. You said it last night. The, the, the thing about running on first and second down when they were down seven and nothing in the first half was so frustrating. Zach mm-hmm. Taylor and company. That was the big thing. And then this morning I said, you know, we were in here and we're, we're multitasking, but the, the, the fourth down, you know, the, the, the goal line stand that kept the game at 14 to nothing. And I was making this point this morning, which is everybody's going to seize on that fourth down play that stopped them. But it's really the third down play that ends up being the key play of the entire football game because it was third and goal at the eight with 146 left. If they lose yardage, if they don't gain many, you know, two, let's say they gain two yards or if they score a touchdown, it's already determined what you're doing. You're either up 21 and nothing. You're kicking a field goal at 17 and nothing. But what was the thing that happened? They gained seven yards. So it flips the team into saying, well, we're not going to kick a field goal from here. We're going to go for it, which I'm not saying is the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying it was that outcome specifically that then led to the 14 to nothing staying mm-hmm. that way, stopping them on fourth down. And that's the play. That's the quirk of football that we never look back on. It's like, just because they gained seven yards might have been the only reason we won that game, backing the Bengals. Yeah. It, no one ever says that. It, I, I can't stop thinking about these Jags the past two weeks, too. You go into, they go into halftime, 14 to nothing lead this last night, 13 to 7 over the Cardinals, been outscored 48 to 13 in the second half the past two weeks. 
you know, wasn't that how they played last year too? They they ended up one in fifteen. They they were up in a lot of games. One one, but to give credit where credit is due. By far, Trevor Lawrence's best game as a yep. pro. Well, you could see some strides where have been have been made at least a little bit with him as well. So you know, look, the Jags might not go might not go winless. Might not go winless if they can kind of continue to evolve here. Teasers get there. Survivor pick gets there. Never in doubt. We'll come back game by game, week four, National Football League. It's Visa's primetime action. Beeson's Point Spread Weekly is out now, and in this edition, we break down Tom Brady's return to New England and his face-off with Bill Belichick. Matt Eubens focuses on Lane Kiffin's showdown with Nick Saban. Brady Cannon evaluates the Week 4 contest plays, and Adam Burke breaks down situational spots that have the maximum value. These stories and more in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Download it today, or go to beeson.com slash subscribe for more information. That's beeson.com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Nelson Cruz. Solo, Jimmy Jam, Tampa Bay won, Yankees nothing in the first inning. Uh, who had the most homers, 2010 to 2019, that decade, Major League Baseball? Who, anyone? I think you said his name already. Nelson Cruz. I think um, you might have said his name. Yeah, I might have said his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Harper strikes out yet again. Bryce Harper determined not to win the MVP down the stretch here, just striking out every time up the plate. We'll keep an eye on Harper. We'll keep an eye on Soto for the National League MVP. Jays and Orioles scoreless early. Uh, and uh, so are the Red Sox and the Nationals. Games of import oh. right now, Giants and Dodgers. Later. Just foul for Simeon there. That would have been long gone. Instead, he grounds out 6-3. All right. Shall we talk some football? Never too early to start. Let's do it. Week four, National Football League. Uh, let's start with Washington and the Falcons. Early 1 p.m., 10 a.m. Eastern. Excuse me, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific game. With Washington getting themselves back, a key piece they thought they'd have to begin the season, but uh, better later than than never, I should say. Yeah, this is sitting one and a half now. So this has moved to a point and a half. It was sitting one for the longest time in favor of the Washington football teams. Moved to a point and a half across the board at, at the other books here across the country. 47 and a half, your total. Yes, Curtis Samuel back for the Washington football team. Big, big, big upgrade for them. Also said he's going to play. And so this was a guy that they were super excited about in training camp because he was he was doing things that they were able to kind of tinker with that offense a little bit, make it a little bit more dynamic. He's that type of player that can take a jet sweep. He's that type of guy that you can throw the quick bubble screens to and have him make a couple of guys miss. And then also just having a second option to take some of the pressure off of that passing game is, is really important. Only other, Antonio Gibson is questionable for this game. They think he's going to be able to go, but he is questionable. On the Falcons side, pretty clean injury report. Just Russell Gage out for them, their slot wide receiver. Gil, this is one of those games where I might end up, I don't, I, I, I might end up on Washington football team. Now, I'm smiling because later we do our contest entry picks. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, again, can, can the talent of this Washington football team front four, are they really going to just underperform all season? I just can't. That's what I said yesterday. I'm like, it, it, I can just see that front four being in the backfield all day. I, I can't see it happening. You know, it, 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 to me, it's one of, I mean, if you look at this, this defense, right, from Washington, 
DVOA right now. This is the Washington defense we're talking about. DVOA, 29th. 29th DVOA <laughs> defense. For that, for that defense. What in, number? In the 29th. <laughs> In the NFL, I mean, but that's just that's that's crazy. So th- there will be some reg- some positive regression for this team. It's just will it be there this week against a very very porous and very poor offensive line for this for this Falcons team that has been able to get absolutely nothing going whatsoever. They are dead last offense. If you want to talk about it, at least if Washington's defense is 29th DVOA, at least they're going up against the 32nd ranked offense DVOA. So there's that. In the NFL, they have the higher unit, the position by position thing here. They're winning when it comes to that. I mean, they have absolutely no run game whatsoever. And so that's just going to force Matt Ryan into throwing the ball a ton, which should in theory play into what we're talking about here with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and all those guys up there winning the battle and then being in the backfield all the time and making life really uncomfortable for this Falcons team. It's such a short number here. I cannot imagine this this Washington team underperforming all season long, especially those key players up front. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I almost did today. I was like, I want to look into this just a tad bit more before I actually do it, but... I think I'm probably going to end up on the Washington side here. Yeah, our Circa Million, we have a primetime action Circa Million entry. Uh, The way we do it, that's later on the show after we go through every game. Uh, I do five picks. Matt does five picks. Kelly does five independently. Uh, We aggregate them. Kelly Kelly puts them together. Anything we match three, if all three of us match, it's it's automatically one of our picks. If two of us match, it would take a pretty solid argument from from the third to dissuade us from doing that. We haven't really run into that yet. Yeah, we haven't had that. And then we have singles. And so we'll find out what those are, and those we debate those. There's one unanimous pick this week, multiple two, two votes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But one unanimous, eh? One unanimous. This should be a fun week. I, I also fun. don't think anybody would guess which one it is. Not it, Tampa? No. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And then we have the other quirk we have. We, have, we each have two vetoes for the season. So, if, so twice, the, twice for the entire season, each of us has the ability to just absolutely say no, not on, not over my dead body. I yes. thought it was one veto and one must no, play. No, there's no, two of each. Two of each. Two, two vetoes and two, two okay. you two can ram, ram one through. Yeah. Two ram and three. Yeah, yeah. Juan Soto walks while Bryce Harper strikes out. I'm going to say it in that voice every time it happens. All right, let's move on. Washington and the Falcons being the first of the early games. Now the, the biggest line of the young season. Also an early game on Sunday, the Texans at the Bills. The Bills now 17-point favorites. This has been sort of toggling back between 17 and 16 and a half. What do you do with a game like this, or do you do nothing with a game like this? I know. So it is it is back on the other side of 17 at a lot of the books out there right now. It's gotten back up to that 17 and a half. It's the flat 17 at DraftKings right now. The interesting thing is that it is a 17-point spread with a 47-point total so you're looking at you're looking at this where it's like the Bills are going to have to score an incredible amount of points in this game is kind of what they're is what they're saying with with all of this. Um, Gil, I don't typically play these type of games, and yeah. I, I mainly because the motivational factor of late in a game is is so curious to me in types of games like this that I don't want to play the guessing game of. Are the Bills going to keep the foot on the gas long enough to where even if the 
Texans get some late points, it's not going to come in the back door? Or is it, you know, or, or am I counting on them to take their foot off the gas to where my, I know my only, because I don't think anybody thinks this Texas team is going to beat this Bills team. So yeah. I don't think anybody thinks that that's going to happen. And I don't think anybody thinks that it's probably going to be all that competitive of a game as we look at it. And so basically, if you're playing, if you're playing this, you're you're having to kind of play a guessing game. It really is true. Like in college, we're like, okay, you think Florida could beat Alabama? Do you think Arkansas could beat Georgia? Do you yeah. think NC State could beat Clemson? Not one person has said. Do you think Houston could beat the right. Bills? Right. Not one. And so it now comes down to the guessing game of, well, will it be close enough, long enough to where right. maybe the spread hits, or will it be within one score to where if they can get a garbage score, it cover. And so, you know, I don't like kind of playing those type of games for me because. I understand the Bills are far superior. That I do know. Every single thing points to them. Not a single unit, not a single position, not a single anything favors the Texans in this game. But, but, 17 points. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. And it, and it is the, you know, again, for new for new betters or for those who are, you know, first-time betters, it's just basically distilled to the sentence. At that point, the Bills don't know what your bet is, right? Mm-hmm. They're just trying to win a football game. They are not, you know, this isn't some let's impress our boosters and win this by 17. They're just doing what they're going to do. And so when you are not, when your bet is not aligned with the motivations of the team you're betting on, we talk about in baseball sometimes when it's a home team yep. run line and they're up three to one. It's like, ah, indifference. Yep. Literally the word indifference is used. Let them go to second base. Uh, yeah. It's never a comfortable position to be in is basically what it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, you're, you're already home. I'd love I love the way that you played it. I'd have played it the same way I kind of had mapped out the first few weeks if I hadn't have blown all three of my entries in week one in Survivor. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, is there's gonna be a lot of people who play the Bills this week, and fine, you're gonna move on. You know, 95 percent of the time you're gonna move on. But you have you have been able to use Cincinnati and get them out of the way. They were gonna have to burn a Bills team, yeah. and then which to which you're gonna have a super strong team for later on. In the season, well, also the Bills appear. It's either Thanksgiving or Christmas, so it's a it's a mm-hmm. massive team to save. Yeah, there's it's a like, lot of people who aren't going to think that far in advance, though. I bet you there's going to be a shockingly large amount of people who play the. Bills. I think you're probably right, but I I'm absolutely saving the Bills yeah. for their their game against the Saints. I think it is, I because obviously then it gets really you know you, you got to just pick the the best of of all the evils of playing the three game Thanksgiving or the three game Christmas situation. So yeah, I, I save them for mm-hmm. that. Got rid of the Carolina Panthers last week. Mm-hmm. Got rid of the Bengals. So hopefully, I mean, it's a long season. It's only four weeks in. Twenty different things but when you have probably the, two teams you're not going to be in love with playing later on. Oh, in the never season. play them again. So it's, never play yeah. them again. So it just it removes them from the equation. for our for our, just to be complete here. Damian Danny Amendola remains out for the Texans. Cornerback uh, Terrence Mitchell questionable for them on the Bills side. Their left guard John Feliciano is going to be out for this one. Also, their safety Jordan Poyer is going to be out as well. Um, think it's more a little more precautionary for a couple of those guys as well where it's hey you're feeling a little bit injured let's go ahead and keep you out this week not really going to need you so uh getting those guys nice and healthy got a big college football game coming up at the top of the hour too iowa and maryland two four and o's in the big 10 i got a 200 to one on talia tagovailoa from maryland it's very it's got got soto going on 100 to one tagovailoa going at 200 to one it's a sneaky good friday night let's go we'll continue with week four games though Lions and Bears, Panthers and Cowboys next. Bears still haven't decided who's playing quarterback. We'll talk about that next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
Back on primetime, Gil, Matt, Kelly. Matt, I forgot tonight is your uh, your red eye, El Ojo Rojo to the East Coast. Yes, yes. Well, middle, middle-ish. Right. To the south. We'll call it the south. Oh, yeah, to the south. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll call it the south. Same difference, though, because it's like a uh, Fly from post, hell, post midnight yes. to a connection. Yes. <laughs> yes. 1 a.m. from here to Dallas, then yes. Dallas to uh, to Baton Rouge. It is, is not going to be fun. I want any and all pictures sent to me of Matt Brown spotted at the LSU game this week. I want people people out there with cameras ready to go. We used to fly over uh, Tiger Stadium there, and Matt used to tell us all about what he used to do there at LSU at the, during ball games. Yeah, good tour guide. Yeah, fun times. Tour guide. Uh, let's continue with Week Four lines. Lions and the Bears. Matt Nagy has come out already uh, per Brad Biggs and said the starting quarterback will be a game time decision. He is using all the time he needs to decide between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. The Bears are three-point favorites. Your reaction to that is what? Yeah, I mean, it's if there's ever a smart thing, I guess, that we could say that Matt Nagy has done, if you've waited this long, you might as well not tip your hand, right? Yeah. I mean, you might as well not tell sure. him. If you've, waited at this, if you've waited to this point, you might as well not let the Lions know that it's either going to be the mobile guy or the guy that can't move. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess that there's at least a little bit of strategy that's going on there. But like you said, what that does is it just firmly plants this number at three. We were under the assumption that maybe this thing could move one way or the other, depending on if they made an announcement as to who was going to be starting, but it just plants it firmly at three. It's three across the board as low as 41 on the total here, man uh, out there. And, and you know, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to argue because you look at how poor that the bears offense looked last week. And if they do go with fields again, he just didn't look ready. He looked overmatched and he, he looked like a rookie quarterback. And then you look, you look at at least the one strength on this bear side is, is the defense has played pretty well. You know, the defense has at least played pretty decent. And so you think that the lions kind of get limited there as well. So it's hard for me to argue with the total. It's just in today's NFL, you see a 41 and you're just like, Whoa. Were you surprised? We had uh, Tim Murray on the other night and someone else beforehand, forgive me for not remembering, but both liked the Bears in this game. We, we had like a couple in the same on the same show. Maybe it was Eric Eager. Maybe. It had to have been, I guess. Though it doesn't, <laughs> I don't seem to remember. Like it forgetting that days. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it was definitely Eric. Were you surprised at all by that? If, like we were talking about, if it's if it's Fields, I'm surprised by it. If it's yeah. Dalton or if it's Dalton or you know, I guess it's not. I guess the choice is they, they've said they've ruled out Fields right at this point. They said it's either going to be Dalton or no, it's Dalton or Fields or Fields, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Foles, right? Foles, yeah. Well, he just doesn't come up. Yeah. in the conversation. So I, I'm not aware of anybody being ruled out at this point. I thought he was. I thought it was like all three are up for grabs. Oh, uh, I saw a Dalton versus Fields. Andy thing. Dalton Maybe played it really cool today. Yeah, which. Leads me to believe he knows whether he's going to play or not, but he's playing the game as well <laughs> because he, he's, he just he's said, like, Jimmy, Jimmy G, where Jimmy uh, G's yeah. smiling. Well, he pulled, I got a good idea. He pulled the whole, like, oh, yeah, things are progressing, you know, whatever, feel, feel pretty good, you know, but th- things are moving in the right direction, but didn't say, like, oh, yeah, I feel great, or, yeah, I'm definitely ready to go. It was just, like, things are moving in the right direction, you know, feeling better. So it's that. Okay, I see what you're doing there, Andy. I, I got you going. Uh, the Lions linebacker Trey Flowers is out for them. DeAndre Swift, uh, defensive end Michael Brockers, and then linebacker Romeo Aquara are all questionable for the Lions. On the Bears side of things, safety to Sean Gibson is doubtful. Uh, Khalil Mack, wide receiver Darnell Mooney, and then, of course, Andy Dalton, as we just mentioned, they are all listed as questionable in this one. I mean, 
it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me to to pick a side in this. Because like I said, I think I would like the Lions side if I knew for sure that Justin Fields was going to go. But I think they really do want to play Andy Dalton if he can play. Like I, I don't think this is just a, a show. Like I think it, this, it, I think they is, really want to play yeah. Andy Dalton. It is Dalton or Fields. Yes. You guys were correct. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. Nick Foles ruled out of the equation. Why would you do that? If you're not going to make a decision... Why wouldn't you just leave as many options open? Yeah, and, and, and throw say, the like, and Bob throw Avellini the, might start. I was just, and throw the uh, the practice squad quarterback <laughs> right, in there. Yeah, whoever, whoever they have signed that's, to the practice squad. Just said, like, yeah. uh, Vince Evans <laughs> might start. Yeah. I mean, Fields and Dalton both technically have injuries. You might as well have thrown Dal- uh, Foles into there into that. You know, but, you know the Chicago defense ninth DVOA through the short season so far, ninth against the pass, seventeenth against the run. So if you think if you, you know, kind of look at what you probably imagine the the Lions want to do anyway, which is not rely on the arm of Jared Goff, then, you know, the easiest the path of least resistance anyway is running against the Chicago Bears defense so far. So uh, you know, probably a lot of DeAndre Swift, probably a lot of Jamal Williams, probably why this is so incredibly low as well. And you gotta think that if they do go with Justin Fields, the way that we've seen from Nagy and kind of the way that he talked in preseason and what we saw last week as well, they're probably going to be can be conservative again. Probably a lot of running from them as well. And so, you know, again, it it does point to a very low-scoring game and, and probably the under at whatever number this thing ends up at would be the only play. I don't I don't I would not want to be holding an over ticket watching the Lions and Bears play. I'll put it that way. I'm so embarrassed by myself. Instead of going to like Cade McDowell might start, I went to like quarterbacks from the 70s and early 80s. <laughs> like Chris Grossman, where are you at? A reference only known to some. Uh, okay, also early. We have a whole bunch of early games. No buys still, right? No buys in the National Football League? No buys yet. No. I think uh, it starts next week. I think so, too. Panthers at Cowboys. So the Panthers now, 3-0. and Cowboys have never looked better uh, in recent times than they did against the Eagles. A game that they won by 20 points that honestly could have been worse. And the Cowboys lodged in now as a four-point favorite. No Christian McCaffrey, obviously, for the Panthers. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's out. Defensive end, uh, Gross Mantos is doubtful for them. And then right guard, uh, their right guard, John Miller, is uh, questionable. So Panthers going to probably be, be without a starting defensive end. And then uh, their right guard is questionable as well. On the Cowboys side of things, uh, Carlos Watkins, defensive tackles, out for them. Safety Donovan Wilson is out for them. Randy Gregory questionable Keanu Neal still on the COVID list though he could get off of it before the game starts so he's not officially ruled out with this one you know one of the things that we've talked about with this Cowboys team is is just really the progression of the defense and how much that they have surprised us how well they've been able to play and adapt and you know Dan Quinn bad head coach but probably a really good defensive coordinator at least he's shown that so far that he's been able to adapt with these players and move guys around and scheme things differently for different teams and that's one of the other things that uh, you know, I saw a piece that they were talking about through the first three games. They they basically run three different defensive schemes in the three different games that they played tailored to the opponent that they're going after. And it's not kind of one of those, you know, so many times it's this one size fits all. Like, this is how we're going to run that's defense. That's what a good coach yeah. is. Yeah, like we're going to run this yes. defense and like that's just all we're going to do. Right. And, and that's why we see some of these offense come out and just pick these defenses apart left and right. I mean, how many coaches do we know like Steve Spurrier? Ah, we're just going to pitch and catch. Well, mm-hmm. that's actually not going to work yeah. in every game. Yeah. Or, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, I know how to play. Well, you never won a Super Bowl, so maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. But you do. You have to tailor your X's and O's 
uh, to to the opponent every week. Like it's the most basic thing that people don't get about. That's what makes a good coach. Mm-hmm. And Diggs has really, really shined at corner for this team. He's and been awesome. Yeah, he has been great. And so you kind of look here, and I'm this is completely speculation. This is all speculation here, but you would assume he's going to just you put him a lot on DJ Moore, and you basically say beat us with a rookie in Terrace Marshall or Robbie Anderson, who is kind of a one-dimensional type receiver or whatever. I, I would not let DJ Moore have another DJ Moore game and put digs on him and then and then tell him go from there, you know, and that's the way I would be looking to go about this. But if you look at this Dallas, you know, defense and this offense, I mean, the team has been really, really good. The offense, as we all know, is is awesome. I mean, they're the number one rated offense according to Pro Football Focus. They're the number six rated offense according to, to DVOA. They're not allowing pressure on uh, Dak Prescott either. So if he can sit in the pocket all day long and he's got that wealth of of talent all around, it's, it's going to be a very, very, very hard offense to stop. So if the defense plays at the level that they're playing, what we were saying is they really only have to play at a middling level because they're so good that on the offensive side of the ball, they just have to play at a middling level on the defensive side and everything's going to be fine. And so on the defense, you look, I mean, 11th overall, according to pro football focus for them, and then the 15th DVOA. I mean, that's like, that's where all we're asking really out of this team because it was supposed to be a bottom five or six unit, mm-hmm. and instead they're middle of the pack, and that's going to be good enough when that's you have an offense, you when you have firepower like this. Yeah, I like the Cowboys this week a lot. I really do. I understand you got to lay four points and and – you know, this Carolina defense has been real, has been pretty good so far. And if all the advanced metrics believe that they're going to be pretty good as well. But, you know, they lost J.C. Horn for for the season. And they're going to have to – that he was playing very, very well for a rookie. And they're, they're scheduled so far, Gil. Yeah. They've beaten everyone. That put, Not put Broncos easy, but right. good easy. And they've beaten everyone that's been put in front of them. So we can't really, like – we can't really downgrade them too much for all of that. But – it's been an easy go at it. Where do you have the Cowboys power rank right now? I've got them like ninth, I think. Wow. I think I have them ninth. I did. Uh, I've seen enough, Matt. I pulled the trigger. I, I All I have them is a money line parlay this week. Mm-hmm. And they're a contest play for me, though. And no other bigger bet than that. But I've seen enough from the Cowboys that I, I, was, fi- I was fine laying the four and a half in the contest. Tied them into a money line parlay. I, I Panthers, like you guys just said, you, they, they've taken care of who they put, who you put in front of them. The Cowboys, though, have been one of the more impressive well, teams of the season. And, and, and real quick, but one of the things is, you know, there's a difference between what Sam Darnold's had to do, and he's been he's been fine. There's a difference between what he's had to do so far this season and having to keep up score for score for score for score with a team, yeah. and I think this Dallas team is going to score a ton. That minus 380 favorite, the Blue Jays, just going up 2 to nothing on a uh, Jansen home run, two-run shot, and the uh, Yankees have tied up the Rays at one apiece. Now it's the Rays again at 2-1, to one. coming back. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. Kelly, your uh, your bets are staring us in the face on the other monitor. Do you want to show these? Because these are uh, 
These are plentiful. Yeah, this is the one I was talking about uh, last segment, which is the Cowboys. I did tie into a parlay. A little four-teamer with a lot of favorites, but I like... This is one of those weeks where I'm like, how does this team lose? How does this team lose? How does this team lose? Yeah, I'll, I'll do a little parlay with it. So, yeah, I got that. Uh, straight bets on the Chiefs and Bucks sides. Uh, Bucks was a look ahead from last week. Chiefs on the opener at five and a half. And then, yeah, a bunch of teasers. A bunch of those tied in with the Bengals last night. Yeah, we went man. over Titans, Ravens involved there. Um, and then Titans, Packers, which I would probably take back at this point if I didn't bet that on Sunday uh, with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown being out. And then uh, Chiefs and Bucks, so I added on even more there with a six-point teaser. I asked Vinny this morning, Vinny Malulo, who is a part of the South Point Hotel Casino crew here behind us. I was like, do you think, because obviously we crushed on teasers last week. We anticipate crushing this week, mm-hmm. already in crush mode with the Bengals. I was like, what would it take for you to adjust your uh, your juice again? What would it take for you to bring it up? He goes, we wouldn't do it midseason, probably. What are they at, though? Minus 130? Uh, I didn't ask. Think so. Higher than you'd like them to be. Yeah, I like I haven't asked that question in a long yeah. time because here at the South Point, I still know William Hill only is the only place that has minus one twenty. Yeah, but here's what here's what the South Point would say to you: Our juice might be higher, but we'll take a bigger bet than others will. That's what they would say. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they would say. All right, just letting you know what they would say. <laughs> All right, yeah. here's some earlier yeah. games. Here's some earlier games. Give me one tens again. <laughs> <laughs> Give me even money again. That's I know right. Give me DraftKings plus 100. is minus 120, so that's good. That's as best as we can find What's in that? Vegas. DraftKings minus 120. Yeah, yeah. DraftKings minus 120. That's yeah. as good as we can find in Vegas. It's minus 120, and it's at one shop. One shop. Billy. Billy Hill. Kelly, back when you were in middle school, we oh. used to get even money on teasers. Kelly, when you they were... moved to 110, and it was like the end of the world. And then now, this, now those days are gone. Kelly, it's when just... you were reading Judy Bloom novels, man, yeah. we were uh, what we were betting. I'm pretty sure I've never read a Judy Bloom. Oh, uh, you've read uh, them all. I was, I was in middle it. school like 25 years ago. You've read them all. You were, you were reading Matt 20, Christopher books, ago. right? <laughs> I was reading. Uh... Have you ever read a book before? <laughs> I, if, I was an English major, actually. <laughs> you've been to a library it's before. Serious. I haven't read a book in a decade, so I can't Goosebumps. say anything. Like, legitimately haven't read a book in a decade. I'm not that far ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, you it's know. been a long time. You know what I have read? Christy Andrews. Then one day, available where all books are sold. Amazon included. Then one day, Christy Andrews runs the South Point Hotel. Great gambling stories. Funny as all get out. People say all get out anymore. I don't know. Is that <laughs> a thing? I don't know if they say I've heard it a while. I think yeah. you used it fantastically. Though. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Tampa Bay up on the Yankees, as mentioned, uh, was one to nothing. Yankees tied them up. Now it's two to one. Tampa Bay in the uh, bottom of the second in a game of consequence, obviously. Uh, Jays over the Orioles, two to nothing. Jays desperately trying to stay alive. Boston scoreless with the Natinals. And again, Juan Soto with a walk to start things off. All right, continuing early on Sunday, early slate of games. Colts at Dolphins, and we have a massive NFL injury alert to discuss here. Yeah, so this is the one of the week. Um, let me, I'll scroll scroll down so I can get to it because it is just a a massive injury report here for the Colts. Before you bet the Colts and the Dolphins, know this about the Colts. So starters: offensive guard Quentin Nelson, offensive tackle Braden Smith, safety Kari Willis, edge Quiddy Pay, and corner Rocky Sin are all out. Every one of those guys are starters. So. Two starting offensive linemen, safety, edge rusher, corner. Mm-hmm. All out. Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, Jack Doyle, and their right guard, Mark Glowinski, are all questionable. <laughs> oh and Glowinski didn't practice on Friday, didn't practice today. So, you know, maybe they were just like, 
putting putting him in bubble wrap and saying, don't even go out there and practice because yeah. we need you to play. Or I don't know. We shall see. They didn't rule him out. They just said they, they have him as questionable. On the Dolphins side, their starting center is out, um, Michael Dieter. But, like, that's, you know, that's the only injury for them. But you're talking Quentin Nelson being out. You're talking your starting tackle being out. You're talking a safety and edge rusher and corner all being out for a bad Colts team as it is anyway. I was not expecting to bet the Dolphins this week. I bet the Dolphins. Yeah. You you almost have to with that injury report. Now, again, caveat, two weeks ago when we, mm-hmm. when we faded all injury reports or the bad injury reports, didn't work out so well, but that's more of an aberration. I think the, the rule is that you won't go wrong long-term doing this. You you almost have to bet the Dolphins at this number. The thing the thing about the Colts was, you know, look, this offensive line is not the Colts' offensive line of yesteryear as it is anyway. If you were watching these games, Carson Wentz was a lot of different times having to create to keep time for him. He was running out of the pocket. He was doing all of these, these different things because the pressure was getting through. He was just doing a decent job of keeping from getting sacked and, and whatnot. Well, now two of these starters who are, you know, by all accounts, the best options that you have on the team are not going to be in there of a team that was allowing a bunch of pressure and everything as it was anyway. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you're down a starting corner, you're down a starting safety, you're down an edge rusher as well. So it is everything points Dolphins here in this one. I'm getting like getting it short of a field goal. I hit it at the one and a half. Like as soon as the injury report came through, it did move to two. Um, and as we sit right now, let's take a look across the industry here. So it's moved to two and a half at DraftKings. So it's 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 to two and a half mm-hmm. in favor of the Dolphins at DraftKings. And who knows? Maybe this thing keeps running as people figure out, you know, how just how bad this is on the on the Colts side of things. But you look at this Dolphins defense, and so far they haven't actually been all that bad. They've been pretty good. And so if you kind of take a look at what they've been able to accomplish in the short season, going up against an Indianapolis offense, that hasn't been able to do anything at all of any consequence. I mean, the offense is rated 27th DBO, 25th, according to pro football focus, they're 30th in pressure allowed. Again, that was with Quentin Nelson. So now two starting offensive linemen are out for this team who were, who ranked 30th in pressure rate allowed as it is right now. Anyway, 23rd and adjusted sack rate. So while Miami isn't known necessarily for getting a, a a ton of pressure on quarterbacks, well, this is a team that was allowing a ton of pressure it is, as it is anyway. Now they're down two starting offensive linemen. So um, under a field goal for me, and if you look at you know, being down a starting corner, one of the things actually the Dolphins do have now whenever you get Will Fuller back is they've got a decent little trio of wide receivers to to throw to now. I mean, you got Fuller, you have Waddle, and, and you have Parker, who, by the way, was the number one last year, yeah. who's now the number three because they went and got these other two guys. And so I think it's just gonna be too much offense and just not enough, not enough offense at all from the Colts side here. And with all those injuries and everything else, I mean it was kind of a lean to the Dolphins anyway. And then Got this it. comes through today and it's kind of like that's what pushed me Nudges over. Nudges you over this. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Browns at Vikings, one of the best games, at least on paper this weekend, is also an early game. Vikings, Dalvin Cook has an issue. You'll get into that. Browns now two-point favorites. Yes, on the Brown side, corner Greg Newsom is out, and typically that would be a pretty bad thing. But if you remember, the Browns also spent an early-round draft pick on a corner, Greedy Williams, two years ago, who missed all last year with an injury. 
he's able to kind of step in for Greg Newsom. So you're filling, you're you're losing a first rounder, filling him in with a first rounder. So you know a little bit of a drop off, but not a huge drop off there. They do have some questionable offensive linemen. J.C. Treader and Jedrick Wills are both questionable for them. That is their center and their offensive tackle. They were both able to practice today, however. So uh, odds are they'll be able to go here against the Vikings on the Viking side of things, Anthony Barr, linebacker, defensive tackle, Michael Pierce, and then, of course, Dalvin Cook. All three are questionable for this Vikings team. I mean, what we're seeing here across the board right now, two, there is a two and a half, actually. So there has been some money come in on Cleveland, 51 and a half the total. Listen, I'm on the Browns. I, I like the Browns in this in this situation. Look, Kirk Cousins has been pretty good so far this year. Actually, Kirk Cousins has been really good so far this year, but what you are not getting from these other defenses that he has played so far is the type of pass rush that you're going to get from the Browns. And and listen, this offensive line for Minnesota is not very good. And what we're when Kirk Cousins feels pressure, that has been that has been the one thing about Kirk Cousins his whole career. He has been very, very good when he can sit in the pocket and pick you apart. He's been awesome. And so far this year he's been able to do that and he's been awesome. But this is a whole different beast coming to town this week with this Cleveland defense who third in the league in pressure rate right now. They are first in the league in pass rush win rate. They are getting after the quarterback something fierce. And if you look over on the Minnesota side of things, their pass rush win rate for their offensive line is way down at 22nd. They are they are also 23rd in the league in pressure rate allowed so far. I think this defense really, really gets to them. And honestly, I think that total is probably too high here. This is going to be a run-first offensive approach for both of these teams. And I can't imagine this thing getting up into the 50s. I haven't put that in the account yet, but I was thinking about that a little bit earlier today and probably will eventually make it into my account. I think that number is too high for teams that, one, run deliberate pace as it is anyway and like to run. Totally referring to is at 51 and a half. Yeah, consensus. Browns and the Vikings. We'll come back. Uh, You thought that Colts injury report was bad. The Giants and the Titans said, hold my beer. We'll talk about that next.